All right, so I am joined by Peter Payne, the captain of the ship over at JList.com. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you. So how's it going, Peter? Uh, good, good. Doing pretty good. So we, uh, we're having you on today specifically for a special occasion because I'm told that it's the 20th anniversary of JList, either coming up or, or presently. So you, you guys must have a lot of big things going on over there. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had a, uh, a little event over the weekend, and right now we've got a kind of fun, we, we haven't done it before, it's a treasure hunt, so we ask you like 12 different questions or 16 different questions uh, about the site, and then it's a contest where you can win a $200 gift certificate, or we have a new J-List box, um, monthly box set, so we send out snacks, so you can win one of those snack sets. Uh, or you can win a gift certificate. So it's really cool. Like um, we we do a lot of different contests on our on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And the um, you know it's it's kind of a bummer for a lot of people because they they enter a contest knowing that you know 100,000 people might also enter the contest. So here's something where the average person is going to say, wait, I actually have to do something. I have to you know look up on this page what is Totoro holding and, and answer these questions. Um, so rather than do that, they just sort of say, nah. Um, and, and so that means the competition is much lower. So anyone who does want to, to get in on it uh, will have a much higher chance of getting that $200 gift certificate. The URL is jlist.com slash uh, treasure hyphen hunt. And there's a link to it on our website also. So you have a week, to, or, or I don't know when you're going to broadcast this, but you have a week from yesterday. So... I'm looking it up right now. I'm wondering, so is this like a, do you need to have a general knowledge of J-List or are there, are there uh, anime related questions or? Yeah, it's anime and it's things like, um, you know, they have these, these little miniature arcade games, like old style 80s arcade games, and they made those in Figma size uh, so the Figmas can play video games. And so like, just tell us what's one of the games in this in the four, things like that. And uh, some of them are very easy, and some of them are a little bit harder. Like we have some secret kanji uh, hidden around our social networks. Oh, I see. So, but uh, yeah, it's not too hard. And we'll give you hints if you have help, if you need help. Yeah, this is really cool. I think it's nice that you guys are, are engaging with uh, with the fans of J List and giving everybody a, an opportunity to win something cool for for your anniversary. So yeah, we really like it. I mean, like social media obviously becomes important to any company. And, and you can sort of see, you know, some of our competitors have, you know, social media and they, and they sort of post stuff, but you can literally tell it's a guy's job to go, Oh, you know, what, what are the top, uh, you know, anime couples and, you know, they're sort of coming up with some content that, that their audiences will engage with. And, uh, you know, I have my approach and I post certain things on Twitter and Facebook, um, you know, some sometimes reminders of hey we got these these products in what do you think um, but you know I'm posting pictures I'm posting um, you know what, what's real popular now is gifts so right. people just love the gifts and so I'm looking for the gifts and it's sort of to be to to imagine that in in the 21st century we, we've had we're supposed to have flying cars and all these things and <laughs> and a a gift finder is a actual job. Well, I'll tell you what, when you're looking at a, a scene from an anime and you get like that one split second of fan service, being able to relive that moment over and over again without any effort is a pretty impressive thing. So that's almost like a flying car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm looking at some of these questions on your quiz, and uh, this is pretty interesting. So people that have some knowledge of figures might have an advantage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some some people will know some stuff automatically. If you know Japanese, you'll know some stuff automatically. Yeah, it looks like a mix of J-list knowledge, anime knowledge, figures, and uh, some, some games and things like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, people should definitely go over to jlist.com forward slash treasure hyphen hunt. I'm checking it out right now, and... Uh, Give and yourself a, a little challenge. Version. If you can't go to the JBox URL for some reason, we have, we, have a, we have the same version on JBox. Okay, yeah, so JBox.com as well. That's really cool. So since you're in your 20th anniversary of, of JList, that means you guys have been around for quite a long time, and I'm sure that a lot of things are different now than they were back when you yeah. guys were trying to get started. As I wrote in my most recent blog post, which appears on the front page of the site, um, I mean, just, just the internet, like, like 1994 was the year everyone started just, just knew the internet was, was here and wasn't going away. Uh, Netscape had its IPO, Amazon got started. Um, and you had all these now, of course we look back and laugh at the idea, but like, you know, petfooddelivery.com or whatever, and, and cheesegraters.com and all these really stupid ideas. And nobody had any money. No one was making any money, but it was the internet, and that was okay. You didn't need to make money. Um, so of course, those companies all went away. Uh, even though a lot of them had good ideas, that now we say actually we have that by this other company, but that first company sort of just failed because their approach was really weird, or they didn't have any capital. So um, obviously, you know, not Amazon was a fabulous business idea, and so that sort of changed changed the world for everybody um in my position it's one thing i like is that i'm a some people somebody out there will will look up to me as a businessman and will say you know neat you know maybe maybe we'll try to do something like jayless i occasionally get people emailing me and say hey you know i, I like jayless a lot how could i do something like jayless and I, it's unfortunately my my role to tell them don't make a physical shop don't try to do an online shop like JList or whatever unless you have incredible amounts of resources and also in, like intelligence in a certain area. So like if, you know, companies like Amazon, they obviously are going to rule the world in almost every category when it comes to buying whatever you're buying. If you're a an expert at scuba and you know exactly what equipment to recommend people, maybe you could could make a thing of it. You know, if you really if you really knew your stuff and you could could provide that extra an expert uh, sort of you know thing that, that Amazon wouldn't be able to provide, then maybe you could make a go of it. Otherwise, it's just like it's not going to get really better. It's going to be a really interesting world when Amazon is the only retailer and we all we all work for Amazon or we do whatever. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but so, anyway, anyone so anyone interested in starting a business should should not do what's already here. They should do something new and do something very niche. So does JList, other than attending conventions and having your physical merchandise at conventions, do you have a, uh, are you guys 100% operated over the web? Yeah, we're all online. Um, every year we do uh, April Fool's jokes. Like one year we, we did a CGI-based official JList Itasha car and uh, we're like, come to anime convention. You can see this Itasha car, uh, which had like, you know, company logos, adult company logos on it. 
and it looked real enough to fool my wife who got mad at me for buying a car without, <laughs> without, without asking permission. So that was really fun. So then one year we, we said, okay, J-List has opened a, a physical location in Akihabara. And that was our April Fool's joke for that year. And we made a graphic and put it up and it looked really good. And it looked so good that everyone in the industry called to congratulate us. And, and they were, you know, we still get customers saying, I'm looking for your store, but it's not here. Uh, and we said, oh, sorry, that was an April Fool's joke. So that worked a little too well. So... You mentioned before that the companies like Netscape that initiated the internet and sort of created some of the founding pillars, they've come and gone over time. But, but J-List, you yourself, you're, you're at your 20th anniversary, so you clearly have persisted as a company throughout the ups and downs over the past two decades. So, I mean, if you could sum it all up into one thing, I'm sure there are many, but what is what is the one big thing that's helped you guys you know, uh, stay on top of your game over the past two decades through all the different changes? Um, we have many, you know, small benefits. Um, like a lot of companies, one of their success approaches is to come from the Inaka. Inaka means the rural area, like Walmart got its start in wherever it was, Tennessee or something. So rather than try to start in Manhattan, you start in you know, you sort of take over the world from the rural area to the more urban area. Um, and J-List is in a, loca- in a location that is certainly far from urban. We're in a small city, uh, 200,000 people. It's, it's a nice place. It's not really, it, it's a city, but it's, uh, we often wish we lived in a more exciting place. On the other hand, it's good for our company that there's nothing here to do but work. So <laughs> that's sort of our secret <laughs> weapon. There's, you know, I, I like, I, I have fun, but I mean, it's, it's not, if I were in Yokohama, I would have a wonderful, you know, Yokohama lifestyle and I would, you know, do things. There's lots to do in Yokohama. And then here there's, you know, I can go to the hot springs. I can go play sports if I want or whatever. I can go skiing, which I don't ski, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, it's a, life's a little more slow here. And for a while I would literally get like looked at oddly by, by my neighbors where they're like, I'm like walking to work and it's, you know, 10 PM. Yeah. I'm going for the, for the night shift so I can get my work done and I'll be done at, you know, 1, 1 AM. And they're like, nobody does that. Why do you, why do you work so much? And well, I like it. <laughs> so it's a, that was, that was kind of good. Another benefit we had was that my wife had some land. And so we basically were able to build a cheap office on this land. So we have our own office I see. and right from the start we had our, you know, we owned our own office, so we were paying rent to some other entity, which helped us out a lot. J-List HQ. Yeah. Another good thing about running a business in Japan is, like, right now the in America, they have really low interest rates because we're still getting over the, the crash of 2008, 2009. Well, Japan had that crash in 1991, basically did nothing about it for, like, 10 years, then said, hey, I guess we should, you know, do something like TARP. Uh, you know, government actually takes over the worst of the of the bad loans in order to get them off the balance books of the banks, but also to to make the banks be more functional and then to actually raise the value of the of the because they're not owned by they're not in default anymore because the, the the bank took them over or the government took them over. So I mean, there's there's when America had that crisis in 2008, they basically looked at Japan, did everything that Japan didn't do. And then that's why it was the recovery was actually pretty good. It was they, they did a pretty good job because they had the awful model of Japan to look at. But uh, yeah, so basically the down, the upside for us is that we've always been able to borrow money in Japan because we're a Japanese company, 
And that means, you know, not zero, but it's very, very close to zero. So if we need to build a warehouse and we want to finance it, we can do it for like 0.9%. And so that's just, you know, the, the rates are incredibly low, which helps us out of the business. Yeah, a little fiscal stimulus by the government to help encourage businesses. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've never experienced anything like that myself, but I can only imagine what it's like having the benefit of a, uh, of a low of low interest rates. So that's, that's what it's all about, I guess. On so, the other hand, when you put your money in the bank, you get zero point zero 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 one percent interest, and <laughs> and it's like, why why even bother? You know, why just give us zero? But so uh, they can send you an course, envelope with one yen on it with a one yen check. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, so the Internet is a fast-moving thing, and uh, I know that it can't be the same as it was back then today. So I can't even imagine what it must have been like trying to run a business over the web in, in 19, what, 1996? So, yeah, we were basically trying to make use of, of, you know, everything would come along and we'd say, okay, how can we make use of this? When we started, you still had to make a long-distance phone call. Because the idea of VOIP wasn't really here yet. And so, you know, that would, of course, cost a lot of money. So we'd prepare what we needed to say and try to make like a one-minute phone call, get off the phone right away. Um, for a while, actually, there was no internet. This is before we started the company, but there was no internet in JList. So I call, I had an ISP in Tokyo. So I had to literally call, send my messages, post my username messages, and get offline. And it was so so expensive to make this ridiculous call because oh there was no local internet, but eventually we got one. But anyway, yeah, all these different things would come and go, and I would sort of just get this sort of rhythm of, oh, this will be around about three years. And, and you know, the idea of social media, now it's we take it for granted, but, you know, 10 or 15 years ago it was all about blogs, uh, different kinds of blogs, providing different kinds of services. And now I feel we're in the post-blog era where obviously some are still important, but you, you know, it's not like you don't just make a blog and get a following. You have to, you have to go do something different. Uh, so I'm kind of used to the paradigm shifting and, uh, you know, like I could, I could say like, um, what was that thing before Facebook? Uh, uh MySpace. My, MySpace too, but MySpace, MySpace was horrible. I couldn't even get near that. It was, it was awful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the, the one where you post diary, you, like diary. Live journal? Live journal, okay. Yeah. The live journal had just, just didn't really have a, a pleasant interface to use. It was kind of troublesome. And, you know, it, it was sort of the Tumblr of its day too. There were some unpleasant people there. So I was really literally able to say, okay, well, every three years there'll be some new thing, you know, coming along that'll, that'll sort of revolutionize part of the internet. I'll just wait for that and I'll do that. And then Facebook came along and I said, okay, I'll do Facebook. So it was, you know, you, you can sort of see the, the, obviously there's so many new ideas coming. Most of them don't go anywhere and then enough will, will sneak in and stick around. Twitter has been really good. I like Twitter a lot. Um, I recently started Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, please follow me there. My uh, accounts are at jlist.com for Instagram. Jayla, or, uh, in, uh, Twitter is at jlist. And then uh, for Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash jlist.com. Yeah, definitely so, follow uh, Peter on, on social media. You definitely post some interesting things. <laughs> There's a lot of like, a really daily great gifts. 
yeah, it's interesting the discussions and the and one of my roles is to as if I'm that knowledgeable about anime, I'm not really, but um, you know, people will find out what to watch and they'll watch it because I'm posting gifts about it. And so that's really cool. You know, it's like people obviously there's a, there's a, there's people who know everything about anime and there's people who don't really know anything or or who are just lower, you know, lower information. So it's kind of nice to be able to to be able to say ahead of time, well, this is a show about uh, my favorite show of this season was New Game, and it's this cute girls working at a game company making games, and it's all girls, and there's a lot of, you know, little energy going back and forth about who might hook up as a couple, and uh, that you know, fans just love that. So this kind of sounds like the uh, the video game equivalent of Shiro Buckle. Did you see Shiro Definitely Buckle? Did, yeah. yeah, except Shiro Buckle was four. Uh, 24 episodes. We want 24 episodes of New Game. Yeah, that was definitely one of our favorite anime back in whenever year that came out, 2014 or whatever it was. Yeah, so I was going to ask you a really boring uh, like business-related question. So since the internet has grown so much and has proliferated around the globe over the last 20 years, uh, can you speak at all to the size of your of the expanding size of your overall market? I'm sure that I'm sure that your reach as a company has unbelievably grown exponentially since since you initiated in 1996 i mean could you ever have foreseen the way that the internet would be now back back then it's been interesting like just looking at the anime industry when i I came to japan in 91 and and literally up to that point the idea of a commercial anime product being made locally and sold locally in your own language was like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> and like we'd seen we'd seen uh, Totoro and they had Totoro's dub with all robotic voice actors. This is kind of distracting because we're like, OK, uh, but it was fine. And they did a good dub of Lapita, but they didn't really get any distribution because they didn't really know what they were doing yet. Um, but then slowly, uh, one of the one of the leaders was. Um, what's that? record company tower records tower records said okay well we're going to make an anime corner so then if you wanted to buy some anime you went to tower records because they had some anime in the corner of the in a corner somewhere and and you know that was just so amazing i came back from japan one year and i'm like wait they've got a whole you know 25 videos here and that of course just kept on exploding and exploding and it was good and it was really nice to have retail space for anime and that made the most wonderful wonderful part of anime possible which of course is new type usa which was awesome we loved it everybody loved it. every fan and collector loved it as a retailer we loved it because you just stick your advertisement in there and everyone will see it because of course who's not reading new type usa they had the ability to put that magazine in you know enough places all of those retail shops that specialize in anime that they could that they could do really well and then in 2000 six i think maybe it was 2005 that sort of bubble burst um yeah music land went went away uh, coast video went away yep uh and that sort of was the, the death knell of you know looking back of course a lot of magazines went away but that was just the death knell of the of the good times of anime and then there was a big drop um from a business point of view like japan which of course isn't really big on change japan wants to do the, the same thing forever <laughs> And ever and they just never want to change so they wanted to sell the rights to, to, to dvds and then we would buy dvd boxes for you know two hundred dollars for a box of dvds um and of course we don't do that anymore so they had to slowly change and that's really where like when they when they lost the the international market that's where 
they sort of turned in internalized and they said, what can we make that the our own market will buy? And that's sort of where all of the the stuff that sometimes gets criticized, the emoto and the, the, the panty shots and the, you know, some of the more extreme, uh, you know, fan service he shows became out of that because that's something they get to get enough. You know, you need to get, you need to get like 10,000 DVD sales per, per DVD to, to finance your, your anime at $88 a disc, by the way. Yeah, crazy. Uh, that's the Japanese model. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, this is just sort of the changes in the market. Now it's probably, obviously, streaming is really helping a lot. Um, basically, you're seeing in the same way that Netflix makes an original show with Marvel or whatever, Netflix and Amazon Prime are enabling anime to be created, and then they show them on their network on a limited in a limited way. So, so the the streaming titans are not only providing us with interesting TV if we happen to be subscribers to their service, they're also, you know, officially funding anime series that would not get made otherwise. Sidonia uh, was a was a good example. Season yeah. two of Sidonia was going to be canceled. Amazon came along, right? So it was Netflix came along and said, "Oh no, you need money. Here we go." And that enabled it to be made, um, and that's really good. So it's kind of interesting, like like yet when you watch anime and you see like this is brought to you by Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, and it's like, what? Why is Warner Brothers Home Entertainment making my anime? But whatever, it's just the next phase of the. Yeah, it's of the a market. good thing. Yeah, definitely. It's it's never. I mean, anything that helps the market, I'm all about. Like, uh, you know, suddenly around the the time of the Evangelion movies, you started seeing product placement. To almost a ridiculous degree, you had Doritos and Yebby's beer, and uh, you know, different products, and the characters would be eating those products, which of course is the same thing, uh, you know, that they do in Hollywood. So that's a necessary thing; they need to do that to, to survive. And you know, I say, you know, boom, go. Unless we're all willing to pay, you know, six hundred dollars for a box of laser discs again, which we're not. That's uh, what they need to do to, to survive. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing to have something like product placement in anime. I mean, it's and people would be a lot more unhappy to, if they found if they found themselves without anime at all. So, I mean, right. to have uh, Misato drinking an, uh, a you know a brand name beer on on Evangelion, not a big deal. Right. So, it actually it creates a meme. Anything that creates a meme connection, I think, is fun. Like, you know the. Please teacher really kind of brought in Pocky because she's always eating Pocky. Mm -hmm. And then Please Twins, the, the sequel show, they're eating Pretz. So for a decade or more, I was able to promote Pocky and Pretz. Hey, these are really good foods. Oh, look, uh, you know, the, the teacher from Please Teacher is eating it and show pictures of that on our on our website. And, and that connection is kind of fun. I think it's it's like, hey, I'm eating the food that what's your name is eating. Yeah, and that goes along the same lines with that uh, with the, with the Dagashi candy, also, right? Oh yeah. So we were we were on we were really, that was a great time for us because we've literally for like ten years we've sold Dagashi. Um, Dagashi is fun because it's mysterious. You don't really know what it is. Sometimes it's delicious. Basically, Dagashi is a collection of inexpensive candies and foods that have always been. From in Japan, from the really the post-war era, and everyone who grows up remembers them. Part of it is like, it's like like this cultural memory that they that can't actually be tr true. Sometimes, like every kid believes they were so poor they had nothing but ramen marbles to play with, 
And it doesn't make any sense because Japanese kids are not poor today, but they all have this sort of cultural memory of, of having nothing but Ramane marbles that they had collected out of the Ramane bottles and they were just playing marbles with the Ramane. So it's just kind of a neat way. And then the new kids who were born can can plug into this little cultural memory. Um, but yeah, when, when Dagashigashi was hit, we were, we were just selling so much stuff, which is really bad because I'm working late at night and I've got this <laughs> food that I'm, I'm packing. And I'm going, well, you know, I would really like to pop this in my mouth instead of send it to the customer but you know yeah so that's a great question so really while cool. you're while you're working late at night peter packing up people's dagashi boxes with their mysterious collections of candy what is your go-to like what is the one candy you cannot resist the one i love is called kabetsu it's 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 like puff puff rice balls or puff of corn balls i guess and it's flavored like the the bulldog sauce it's like this very tangy <laughs> flavor um, a little, little like teriyaki, but not quite, not as sweet. Do you guys still offer those Tagashi sets on your on J list? Um, I saw some over in the office the other day. I think we 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 have the remaining stock of the of the full sets we had, and then we have several other Dagashi sets. Like we have a little bento box of of Dagashi that's filled with like ten different items. Um, the big news, of course, for us is that we launched a monthly box service called J List Box, which you can see by going to jlist.com/box or jbox.com slash box. Um, and so that's that's probably the better way if, if someone wants to try candies from America, from Japan. Uh, we've got a lot of dagashi in them. We've got you know just a variety of different candies. Uh, there'll always be a major candy like a big bag of Japanese Kit Kat. Um, we have two different snack sets and the, the larger snack set has a drink. So you'll get some kind of interesting drink every month. Uh, currently it's a pudding pudding drink so you shake it and it's like it's like the pudding that that maxe mm. uh Greece is always eating yeah i saw that you had a halloween box and i was encouraging our listeners to go check that out because i don't think people realize how different japan's perception of halloween is compared to what we have over here in the united states and in, and in the west completely different uh from as far as i saw so it'd be it would definitely be interesting for people to get a box of japan halloween stuff yeah, Halloween is really getting popular here, and it's like it's it's starting to be like the number one event in terms of what people prepare for and go out and do. And so everyone in Shibuya, they just get amazing costumes and go hang out in Shibuya. Um, and uh, so it's it's kind of getting to be it's like like Mardi Gras in in places where Mardi Gras is really big. So it's it's funny to to see you just never know what will become big. Christmas here is is always a very very secular thing. It's first and foremost a time for families to have a nice dinner, um, and and then it's a time for dates. So really, Christmas is more like Valentine's Day, and you all of the hotels and all of the all of the um, you know places romantic that you go are all booked because people are doing that on Christmas Eve, whereas we're like opening presents and playing video games and and reserving cakes. Yeah. Oh yeah, cake is big. So, which uh, they think is a European, like they always take their cues from Europe when they can. So they're they're doing Christmas cakes in the style of England, but it's you know very different. It's a you know it's a different kind of cake than they eat in England, and right. then they make anime cakes, which is really awesome. Yeah, they got to put their own twist on it. Yeah. So, twenty years is a long time, and I don't know what kind of anime merchandise was available twenty years ago because that's. That's right about when my fandom pretty much started. But uh, 
today, what is the number one most popular type of anime product today that you that you sell or that you see in the market that didn't even exist 20 years ago? What is the big uh, the big trending driver right now? It's really been interesting. Like like we we started out selling used CDs because that was sort of our beginning. They were Japanese CDs. Basically, cost thirty dollars uh, to buy which is you know, quite expensive, and yet there was a lot of demand for them. So we would find UCDs that people wanted and they could get them for $15 or whatever, and that was kind of cool. Um, and then MP3s came along and took that business away from us right away. So one of the lessons is don't rely on certain business models too long and be ready to pivot and go off in a new direction. Um, but yeah, literally, like we, we had, um, like we started doing figures and we got some distributors and the like the figures that they they have now are, are not the figures they had then were quite different all the figures were you, you didn't have such an industry for one thing you had like evangelion because evangelion was everywhere i remember um like sort of the the beginning of moi as a as a industrialized thing they had to, an anime called tokimeki graffiti not tokimeki graffiti um the one about you have 12 younger sisters and they all have different birth months and, and like the game is the game involves going to visit them. all of in a different part of Japan and there's a different girl. So they made those something sentimental graffiti. Tokimeki Memorial? I think it was Tokimeki. Does Tokimeki tonight? <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking it up. It was a it was a PS1 game probably and then they made figures of it, which was quite rare at the time. And it was like, oh, my God, figures. Uh, so we sold those. We sold. Um, it must be Toki Meki tonight. Must be what it is. Okay, that's not possible. Uh, that's the old one. The the air. You know, of course, from the beginning we were an arrogate company, so we were licensing adult games to translate, and that took a lot of time. And and you know, was was really worth it over over the time. But of course, back then it was such a small thing. Um, so there was there was a lot of interesting changes there, a lot of innovations. Then we got into snacks and, and slowly just added new things. Um, we've never been able to say, oh, no, we don't want to deal with that. We want to pretty much do everything that is interesting from Japan, which is why we do so much. Uh, we do bento boxes. We do our T-shirt line that we've had since forever, looking for a Japanese girlfriend in kanji, uh, which actually occasionally works. I have We have a wall at work where people who used their t-shirt and got a Japanese girlfriend. Uh, and so there's at least like 10 examples where uh, it has actually worked. So that's, that's good. Um, yeah, basically it's just been an ebb and flow of different ideas and, and adding new things to the company. We do conventions in the U.S. We do Anime Expo, San Diego Comic Convention, and Phoenix Comic Convention of the three we always do. This year we're going to be adding the Seattle Convention, not this year, but next year. Uh, so we're doing the Seattle convention. That'll be good. SacroCon. Uh, so if you're going to be at these shows, you can come and meet us. But yeah, it's just been a um, like like in the time we have been in business, Toys R Us came in with, of course, modern distribution systems and models, and several of our distributors who are not modern at all, uh, you know, whom you know they were gone. So it's kind of interesting to see the American style of disrupt and get benefit for yourself and then try not to be disrupted as much as possible. And now of course, Toys R Us is being disrupted by, you know, various other companies, discounters, online sellers, things like that. So 
Peter, you're just about to round the corner into your starting your third decade. So I know you've been through a lot of exciting different things in the, the past two decades, but uh, what is? can you share any exciting hopes or developments that you think might come around for you guys coming up into your third decade? Well, we've always envisioned J-List as a dodecahedron, which is a 20-sided die. And so we picture all, like me and all my employees, we live on one of the services, and, and every time we... We add some new thing. We, you know, we walk over to the edge and we discover a new side of it. And, mm-hmm. and this might be okay T-shirts. And then we've discovered, you know, uh, you know, selling visual novels. And then we've discovered selling visual novels on Steam, which is what we do. We have some good games up on Steam now. So we're all sort of discovering a new, a new aspect of the of this dodecahedron. Uh, we haven't only we've discovered, you know, maybe half of it. So we've got a lot more stuff to discover. Um, yeah, definitely. We always want to be keeping an eye on what what we should be changing. Changing is hard. I know it's like, like we we sometimes find like what well, we've been selling. Whatever bath bombs, the fizzing the fizzing bath bombs. We were selling those for you know twenty years now. Do we ever want to not sell them? And then it's like the question of, oh, they're fine. You know, the kids love them. Keep selling them. So just how do we how do we challenge ourselves to stop doing something and then do something new? Uh, because we obviously can't do everything because we can't fit it all on the on the website. Uh, people don't have time to to look at you know 50 pages of products. You know. Yeah, Peter, is so is that something that ex- that excites you that keeps your passion for for your work going when you turn when you turn over that dice and you discover something uh, new and magical, whether it's a a product or a new aspect of, of business. Is that something that, that, uh, yeah, definitely it's fun. And, and then like, you know, we think there's something over here, you know, try something as a trial. Okay. We tried it. Hey, it's pretty good. Let's, let's try to double what we've got here and try to, to add more. It's just, just a strategy. It's all life is really all about strategies. And we say, okay, well, let's, you know, double the amount that we're getting every month and then try to advertise it in low this way and all, you know, stick up a note about it on on Twitter every other, every other week, um, just to see how we can make it great. Yeah, that aspect of it is quite fun. Japan is still a place, like like the challenge of Japan is doing business in Japan because the it Japanese harm themselves so much by having silly rules and silly just very unrealistic approaches, and and we're always you know, scratching our heads and like whenever we have a Japanese partner, we're, we're, we work very closely with them to make sure they don't do numbskull things like, hey, maybe Americans would pay $80 for DVDs also. And we say, no, you know, we're in theory, we would pay, you know, obviously make it a limited thing and make it really good, but not for a single disc with two episodes. It's just not, it's not part of our character. That's ridiculous. Not when there are all these alternatives. So we're, we're always trying to make sure that they, we force them to be in a, in a realistic place, like in terms of price and in terms of what we're doing. Um, so yeah, there's, there's always little frustrations and, you know, one of the big ones that we run into more and more as we do more famous games is that, Oh, that's a good game in order to get the voice, the voices for the game, the voice actor studio requires a payment of, I'm not kidding, like a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. 
Wow. And we say, well, you know, we're, we're paying you, you know, much less for the for the initial license and the guarantee. And we're paying much less for the translation. We can't afford that. And and these companies are famous for never negotiating. Well, you can't do the game or you can do the game, but you can't have voice in it, which depending on the game, you know, that would just be the kiss of death, especially yeah. like Otome games is something we'd really like to do. We'd like to have a line of really good girl centric visual novels. But especially those companies are famous for wanting to extract huge amounts of money and so it's just very like um so that's why there aren't lots of really cool games for you know the ultimate game segment so available in english they kind of need to be fan translated and then the fact that the fan translation exists we can then go to them and say everyone's going to get this game for free unless you work with us and if you work with us then we can work with them and then everyone can get paid and then we can you know, make an official version. And that's sort of our, our strategy when we, when we have that situation. And it works really well. It's quite nice. That's a shame. That kind of inflexibility doesn't really yeah. doesn't serve anybody well. It's, it's, I've written before about it, but it's if, if you do business in one place according to the joshki, which means common sense, accepted you know, ways of, of doing things, that's fine. But if you go from one country to another country... Uh, and then not change your your list of rules that you're that you're operating under. It's just not going to be nothing. Nothing's going to be good for you. Uh, Bandai, when they first released, okay, Bandai is going to sell Gundam DVDs. Okay, well they're going to sell Gundam DVDs for thirty dollars direct to customers, but then they said to retailers, well actually the list price is eighty dollars, so we'll sell it to you for fifty dollars. So so they would like steal the whole industry and the and the retailers would have to pay the, uh, sell it this much larger amount of money and was like you know that's not a very good business practice you're not going to get many customers Bondi. and they changed it later on but it's it's uh, we're, we're sometimes are or making games like the adult games that we make some like we don't release censored games per se we don't we don't have the mosaic in there but a lot of companies will just say well we're a little worried about the local law situation in the japan side so even this is an american release we're going to release it censored, and it's just just no logic about that. There's just, it's just people being so afraid of some nebulous thing. Um, I just you know, I weep to them sometimes. They should they should relax a little more. I mean, these games have been around for 20 years now, longer. Hentai anime has been around for 25 years. Clearly, it's a part of our culture, and it's just fine. And they can just relax and make their product and sell it in the best way possible. Well. Peter, I don't want to take up your entire day. I know that you're really busy, but um, but but I do want to congratulate you because 20 years is a big is a big accomplishment for anybody or anything, especially a business and a business that operates in such a a fast moving and difficult to sort of capture market like the internet and and anime is fast moving as well. So congratulations! I think it's really great. Um, and. Uh, one more time for the people that somehow weren't paying attention the first time. Do you want to mention your your treasure hunt one more time that you're doing for your anniversary? Okay, so the treasure hunt is jlus.com slash treasure hyphen hunt. And it's just a, you know, look on the figure page and tell us what, what this character is doing. And, you know, just, just to get you to, to view the page and ask you a couple questions that are open-ended but kind of fun. Um, and then also on social media is facebook.com slash jlist.com one word uh twitter.com slash jlist and then instagram.com slash uh, insta, uh slash jlist.com 
and and those three sites are part of the treasure hunt. There's a secret kanji you have to find. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks so much, Peter. It's been a it's been a pleasure as always. Okay. All right. Take it. See you next time.